All right, welcome back, everybody, to another edition of Big Brother Chet's Podcast. I hope you guys are going to have yourselves a merry little Christmas because uh, it's fast approaching. <laughs> I don't know. I, I, you know, I fucking shop all year round. I try to squirrel everything away because I'm fucking broke. So. I uh, try to get all my fucking shopping done way the fuck ahead before Christmas, so it's, uh, but also the fucking stress and, um, of of just making sure you got everything done is, uh, it's a bit much, and this year the weather's gonna be totally fucked and I got a lot of driving to do, so I'm a little bit stressed out, but, uh, regardless, I fucking love Christmas, alright, I love Christmas, and I hope you guys love Christmas as much as I do, because I feel like I, I was just about to go off into a huge fucking explanation about, like, because, you know, some people don't like Christmas, and I feel like I have to defend Christmas. Oh, my God, my asshole hurt. I just fucking said that so aggressively. You ever say something so aggressively? It's like it's an actual, literal fucking pain in the ass. <laughs> like, I just felt that in my goddamn fucking colon. That's fucking bizarre. So anyway, that's how much I feel Christmas, right up the ass. So I hope you guys feel it that way too. <laughs> uh, I felt that in my ass too. You know, I think there's something wrong with my ass. Holy shit. Anyway, I love you guys. Um, and uh, you know what? I'm just gonna go get my ass checked out by an ass doctor. That's, uh, that's what I'm gonna do, okay? That's, uh, that's going to be a little Christmas present to me. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck. Anyway, I love you guys. I don't know why the fuck I... Uh, I just had like a five-minute drive. I, I was stuck in traffic, and I'm like, you know what? Because I was like, oh, for fuck's sakes. I'm like two minutes from my house, but it took me three minutes to get home. My entire town is like fucking ten minutes wide. You could fucking, uh, you know, and then I'm like acting like, oh, my God, I'm so inconvenienced. And then I'm like, first of all, I'm not at all. Second of all, <laughs> I'm like, I really enjoy being in my car. Like, you know, but like, that's how easy it is to get stressed out. So, um, not sure what I'm even saying anymore, but I gotta, I'm gonna get off of here. So, anyway, Merry Christmas, everybody. Go fuck yourselves. Welcome back. Big Run the Champ here. What's going on, everybody? It's 5 o'clock in the fucking morning. And I am going to go fucking work out. I just wake up at 4 a.m. most days, and I'm like, I, I don't know. The thing is, is like, I know I'm going to sabotage most of my day by getting up and fucking whatever. But, like, I don't know. This is my best time. Between 4 and 8 a.m. is, like, when I'm really just at my best and uh, the thing is, is I'd like to do more stuff with my when my mind is functioning. Like I would like to do more writing and this and that. Um, I used to do some of my school in the morning. Uh, but I feel like if I don't work out first thing, it might not get done later. Like it's it's so much easier to take a fucking piece of the day, the beginning of the day. Then expect to have free time. I don't know about you guys. Do, do you find yourselves with buckets of free time throughout the day? And, um, you know, one thing it's like you look at when people say, I don't have time. It's just like, have you ever spent like eight hours a day every single day on top of working and doing every single other thing you have to do, uh, more or less, mas o menos, and, um, but still getting in eight hours of fucking video games, more or less, give or take? And it's like, so So when people say you don't have time, it's like, well, that that's where it becomes an addiction. It's like when you say you don't have money. But if you were addicted to something, you, you'd, you'd make the fuck, you'd get the fucking money. It's crazy. I remember, um, I won't go into specifics because it would break the code of, uh, you know, Omerta. It's not uh, that dramatic, but, you know, uh, with addiction counseling or whatever, um, we talked about this about how even though you're completely fucking broken, you're a complete deadbeat fucking loser, which goes hand in hand with being an addict, um, for two reasons. All your money and energy goes into getting fucked up and getting more of whatever the substance is. And the other one is is the reason you need that substance is because your life sucks 
and you need to escape reality. And then those two things just feed off each other. But anyway, uh, the lengths you'll go to and how clever and hardworking and dedicated and whatever you'll get to get money or to get whatever that fucking thing is that you want, it's, it's, out, it's fucking unreal, you know? And uh, the thing is, you just have to train your fucking brain, reprogram your mind to want some, like, positive, constructive things in your life that bad. You gotta want it that fucking bad, you know? You gotta want, um, I don't know, you just need to want something. Like I was just talking recently about Alexander the Great. He conquered all the fucking known world, but he left he left the world a fucking mess. Um, I don't mean he he made the world a mess and then left. I mean that might be partially true. I mean he was a mess when he left the world. He just wandered around fucking aimlessly, wasted his fucking uh, completely out of his fucking mind. Uh, but I think a huge part of that is. Um, that he just ran out of things to do. It's like Tyson Fury says, you know, once he, uh, he knew as soon as he got that fucking, um, the heavyweight title championship or whatever, like as soon as he won, um, you, he was going to be depressed as shit because like, you know, you've been working your whole life. You don't realize the actual getting of something is not anything compared to the fucking anticipation of that, you know? It's like uh, Game of Thrones. Were the best episodes the end when they completely botched it? I mean, even if they didn't completely botch it, the best part of that show would be the constant building, the constant building up to this, building up to that. Even if they, even if they didn't throw all that fucking building away, and, and all the plots away and all the storylines away, the best part of that, uh, this was also in an episode of Frasier. Uh, Linda Hamilton was on the show. He uh, got this voicemail, and he went to go pick up this stranger that accidentally left a voicemail on his machine. He went to the airport. Um, oh, fuck. I was just thinking of the Norm MacDonald show when fucking David Spade explains, like, a fucking episode of a show. I think I already referenced this. And he's just like, did you just tell me the fucking plot of a show? Um, so, anyway, I always have that voice in my head. Um, I can't get Norm MacDonald's voice anymore, but I always get that voice in my head whenever I'm doing that. Did you just tell me the plot of a fucking show? <laughs> I can rent the DVDs. That's a dated reference there. Come on, Norm. Fuck, man. Streaming service. You're on a streaming service. He kept saying that. He's like, we gotta take a break. Even if you don't like Norm MacDonald, I can't even imagine. But even if you don't like Norm MacDonald you, and you guys don't want to watch that stupid show, I find a lot of uh, talk shows to be fucking horse shit. But uh, Norm MacDonald's fucking hilarious. Um, I at least watched that first episode with uh, David Spade. It's uh, Norm Macdonald has a show on Netflix. Now, anyway, what was I saying before I went down? Oh, uh, something about running out of things to do. I can't even imagine. Can you imagine running out of things to do in these in these modern times? Like, you, how could you ever, ever? I mean, even if you do find moments of the day where you've run, you don't have anything immediately to do. It has to be done like immediately and you just find yourself sitting there without your hands moving or you're you have to figure anything out and like you just get like then then you embrace that moment and you're just like oh my god i i get a moment to rest and and, and to relax or whatever not stress or worry or fucking be busy and then you you enjoy that i one thing i cannot i try to fucking empathize with every single person i try to put myself like when people are constantly complaining about being bored and especially like you're a grown ass adult and you cannot find anything to fucking do. What the fuck is wrong with you? That's one thing where I just like, I'm like, I can't empathize. Like you have the whole fucking world at your oyster as your oyster. And, um, you're fucking bored. Like what the fuck is wrong with you? There's so much goddamn shit you could do. You spend your entire life trying to learn about one fucking thing like one area of expertise you could spend your entire life and never master it completely or learn everything because it's every i don't know i i just um it baffles me it baffles me like the the one of the most tragic things i would say um like watching those prison documentaries is just destroying people i mean uh, yeah maybe these guys did some bad stuff yeah most of them i'm sure did we all have done bad stuff, but to just destroy these fucking human beings, like, I mean, to the point where they're just staring at the fucking wall, they're like, or just staring off into fucking space, like, just like, 
absolutely breaking these goddamn people. I mean, and that's not just people in prison. This is people out like everywhere, just like having absolutely nothing to do, nothing to live for, nothing to fucking strive for, nothing that gets them out of bed. They're like, I want to get this shit done. You know, like that is just fucking tragic. That's where you almost like envy religious people because they have this fucking illusion that they have this grand purpose and that every single thing they do is important and um you know they're being constantly watched monitored judged and then um everything they're doing is like some sort of test and it's some sort of fucking noble thing to be good or uh you know not be bad or not do you know but anyway uh, Fuck, I gotta get into this gym here. I, I, I've got so many fucking thoughts going here, but I really need to fucking work out. And um, I don't know why I gotta fucking explain. I gotta explain all my fucking thoughts and feelings constantly. Anyway, I'm gonna talk more shit later. I can't even imagine how many fucking things I started and didn't fucking finish. Again, like, yeah, that that is a fault of mine. But can you imagine just... I, I, I mean, a lot of times I think I'm going to come on here and have nothing to talk to. Now, don't get me wrong. If I get into, like, that super reclusive, depressive mindset, that does... It'll just fucking pop out of nowhere. Well, I'm sure there's fucking physical reasons for every single fucking thing. You know what I mean? Like, I ate too much junk. I didn't exercise enough. Uh, the weather makes me... Uh, gives me the depression. Like, isn't that just being bummed out? Dwight, you ignorant slut. As an office reference, obviously. Fuck's sakes. Ah, uh, fuck. I love that show, but I'm like reaching the end of like the good episodes. And it's just like, fuck. I gotta find a new show to watch. Now, here's another thing. When people are like, I don't have anything to watch. Like, are, are what fucking planet are you living on? There's never been more availability to like watch it. Like, I remember growing up, you had one fucking channel. I mean, unless you had cable. If you had cable, you had 20 channels. And that was unfathomable. 20 times the fucking channels and they all went off at night you know until like the infomercial was invented they all just went off and went beep with that like color fucking thing uh some played the national anthem before they went off at a out of service what a stupid fucking get a new fucking song I, i'm sorry our national anthem sucks the u.s national anthem sucks um i was listening to the guys from workaholics talk shit about canada well, they love Canada, but like a couple of them were talking about how the food sucks in Canada. And it's like, you're one person that went to like three restaurants in one town and you're like, the food sucks in this country. It's like, shut the fuck up. Uh, but anyway, they were talking shit about how their national anthem sucks or some Can Canadians told them their national anthem sucks. And it's like, both of those songs suck. There's no need for debate. They're fucking lame, outdated, shitty fucking songs. Um, my only fear is that they replace them with worse ones, but like, God, it's just like, I don't know. But the thing is you can acquire a taste for fucking anything. And, uh, if that song makes you happy or makes you feel better than, uh, <laughs> I remember when we were kids, my buddy, he'd have like allergies, allergic reactions and his eyes would water. <laughs> and it used to happen when he was standing for the national anthem and he thought that like, you know, people would think he was so fucking <laughs> choked up. Uh, crying during the anthem. I thought that was hilarious. I, I think it's hilarious that, he th that, that that was happening, but I also think it's hilarious. Um, that's like this one piece of shit that guy, uh, I don't know, he's my friend, but he's also a piece of shit. Um, <laughs> he's, uh, his eyes used to get so red and dried out working in the fucking dairy cooler, like loading the milk and shit. And uh, we thought he was just crying all the time. I thought he was very emotional, you know? Like, he really just had a passion for dairy products. But, yeah, I think he had contact lenses and those fucking coolers were just drying his eyes out. Anyway, if you're listening, go fuck yourself, buddy. Um, don't cry about it. But anyway, I gotta get myself in this fucking gym. I keep stalling this fucking uh, procrastinating. I just love talking shit, guys. So anyway, go fuck yourselves, everybody. God bless us, everyone. I hope you guys are somewhere safe if this storm ever actually happens. People like to get worked up about shit, so you don't know if it really happens. But actually, you know what? One more fucking story, okay, guys? And then I'm going for sure.
I'm going to turn this car off so I'll actually freeze to death if I don't get out of here. Oh my god, one of my favorite ones, uh, I don't know how good it was. I don't know if I ever listened to it, but I just kept going, um, because I had nowhere to be urgently. So I ended up, that was the first one hour segment, but I was in the car with the windows because I was in the back alleyway behind my house and I didn't want to disturb anybody. So I kept the windows up and it was hot. It was a fucking really hot day, I think last summer. And I just kept going and going and going. I got so far deep inside my my delirious head. Um, so anyway, I'm going to kind of do a reverse of that. Now I'm just going to let the coldness seep into this vehicle. See, the thing is, is I did study a lot. I was just talking about how you could spend your entire life trying to study one fucking area. I, uh, HVAC, thermodynamics, the heat transfer. The heat transfer business. That's a reference to a guy that you guys probably wouldn't know, some fucking HVAC teacher. Um, anyway, the... Um, it's just such a universal principle, the principle of heat transfer. It's just uh, energy, pressure, heat. Uh, they all flow from high to low, and it's a constant fucking battle. And what it is is the universe trying to balance itself out, and uh, it's just constantly trying to fucking balance, and we're constantly trying to um, offset that to make ourselves comfortable. And, uh, you know, that's where heat loss, heat gain fucking comes from, and, like, you know, we're tr constantly trying to alter that. Um uh, I don't know. It's it's fascinating. Heat transfer. I wish I had more intelligent thoughts right now. My <laughs> my I spent years and years and thousands of dollars learning about HVAC and I can barely fucking express a fucking rational or intelligent fucking thought about it. That's uh Ah but anyway I was just having this debate with one of my best friends who also studied that shit. And, uh, he just, he's got this real negative association with education. And the thing is, although I do agree with a lot of what he's saying, because the educational systems are very corrupt, I don't think, I don't think you should just paint the whole thing with a brush. That was my, my thing is, um, education doesn't necessarily have to be defined as like, you know, the government feeding you information or forcing you like, cause a lot of what education is, is to break your spirit and to fucking make you, uh, just condition you for work, break your spirit, make you fucking sit still or fucking do this, do that. And then, um, you know, and then school, uh, as opposed to secondary, once you get to, once you're, uh, off the government teat and you're fucking, you know, you're paying these fucking privatized extortion rackets, an absolutely insane amount. Um, uh, you know, like I always compare casinos and fucking, uh, like in Rexdale, you know, you got a college, you got a fucking casino, and it's the same. Well, it's not exactly a casino. It's a racetrack with slots. And um, anyway, it's the same fucking principle. It's the same business model. On uh, It's just dangling the carrot of prosperity in front of desperate fucking people and taking everything they got in the process. You know, it's just fucking, it's goddamn, it's fucking criminal. Have you guys ever seen... Uh, that was a terrible impression. Um, what's that movie I'm trying to reference that I'm asking you guys if you've seen, like, you can respond to me. I mean, you know what? You guys can respond to me. I told you. AskBigRon at gmail.com or uh, use this fucking Anchor app. And uh, anyway. Legendary. It's either Legendary or Legend. I am legend. That's the one with Will Smith. Um, yeah, there's nobody left on earth. And then finally a guy shows up and he slaps him in the face. Is that still a thing that I can reference? It was like the Grammys or the Oscars or something. Fuck. I can't even believe people watch award shows. I mean, fuck. Even if I thought someone was going to get slapped, it's like the guy, the most, <laughs> like, I can't, that guy came up on my fucking uh, motivational speech fucking circuit because i just listen to anyone i give anyone a chance but it's like you're a fucking actor i don't give a shit like i I'm, i appreciate that you've accomplished a lot in your fields i just i don't want to listen to someone who fucking plays pretend i really appreciate that people do that shit but the idea that they're like the greatest fucking people to listen to it's just like 
you're obviously not mentally stable so especially like specifically like you know so i don't i don't really want to fucking hear about it um i like listening to people that you know have accomplished different things things that i'm more interested in but then again now now let me backpedal there uh we all act we all act you know we all act like this is like uh in in so many scenarios you know when you're fucking feeling down and depressed, you usually act happy just so people will leave you the fuck alone. Sometimes you um, act like you give a shit about stuff, even though you don't. Sometimes you uh, you act hard or you act like you're you're uh, tougher than you are, so that you fucking uh, you know when you're in a situation that might you might fucking need to do that. Anyway, <laughs> I am fucking uh, really digressing here. I just wanted to tell you that, guys, that one fucking story, because there's an important moral to it. I've already told you this story, I think, about, um, I was talking about people being overdramatic about the storm, like the storm we're in. I'm going to not see any of my friends or family that I usually see this Christmas. Um, I'm going to spend some quality time with my wife's family, but I see, and I, I don't take that for granted. Even if I see these guys every day, it's not the same working with people and being around them as it is spending quality time is, is much more precious um, what, uh, oh yeah, but anyway, I'm not going to see any of my favorite friends or family that I normally see at Christmas because, um, because of this fucking storm or the overdramatic response to the, the storm, um, which is, you know, but anyway, my point was, is I was in this Cracker Barrel, it was fucking, the people there were so nice, I went there so many times, it's couldn't believe how cheap it was and how great the service is like the southern hospitality is no joke those guys are fucking phenomenal they go so far over and above even speaking as a canadian who are you know known for being polite and kind and whatever except for toronto fucking assholes no i um <laughs> oh yeah so anyway that's a perfect segue because these guys were new york these guys in ahead of me were new york city guys and they're like the torontonians of the u.s uh fucking assholes <laughs> <laughs> anyway, uh, I don't know. Fuck, I lived in Toronto. I thought it was a wonderful city. I still think it is. I'm actually really upset that I don't get to visit right now. So, you know, we love the dirty city and the journeys away from it. That's an Anthony Kiedis quote from, uh, I think, Deep Kick. That's a beautiful song. That whole album was such a fucking beautiful album. Um, One Hot Minute. It's such a complete venture away from their usual shit. Uh, that band changed so much over time. I love every album up until around uh, Californication. I felt like it was just like, oh, God, I don't know. I don't really like this shit. And you know what? I used to be a bit of a country music snob when I was young. I just felt like they just stopped trying at that album or they just went really corny and cheesy. But that's just my fuck. That's just like my opinion, man. Um, and... You know what? I the thing is, is it doesn't fucking matter what I think. You know, um, that's an awful thing to say on this podcast where people turned it, tuned in to hear what I think. Uh, <laughs> but anyway, they they just have such a phenomenal body of work. Like especially their shit from the eighties, so fucking upbeat, funky, and just full of. Um, I don't know. It's just I I wouldn't even define them in any genre. They're a league of their own. It's like Pink Floyd. Pink Floyd's like, I watched uh, that Netflix one, um, Us and Them, and it just, oh my god. Like, the music alone already fucking has so much. Like, they're in a league of their own, Pink Floyd. And Roger Waters just, he puts on such a show, such visual art, and he's, there's so much passion there, you know? There's so many people in the audience just crying, and it's like, um, we were having this conversation yesterday, and I was like, you know what? I, uh, I used to not be able to cry. I used to be, like, fucking so afraid to show any weakness our emotion and um the thing is though it's just such a wonderful feeling to be so moved and uh yeah i've been at a concert and fucking whipped fuck it it was just like i was every time i go to a wedding i fucking cry i don't give a shit i um i try to cry at funerals too because the worst part is when you can't because i know for a fact what when you can't deal with your emotions when you bottle it up what the, how destructive because it, it has to come out you know it's like um the building of pressure, you know, you learn about this in HVAC with, uh, gas, plumbing, um, 
any sort of refrigerant, anything, anything that's pressurized in a pipe, you have to have a relief valve or you have to have something, you have to compensate for this fucking shit happening. And, um, actually it was a funeral director that made this comparison. I remember he said, uh, like crying is like opening up the fucking relief valve. It's like open, letting the pressure out of a fucking line, like just, uh, but anyway, yeah, the worst is when you can't, you can't get it out. Me, I can't shut the fuck up. I can't hold it in. I was hanging out with two guys um, that were just like really old fashioned, just cannot talk about their fucking feelings or emotion. Both two of them were going through some of the worst fucking shit you can ever go through. And um, I just never shut the fuck up. I'm going on and on and on and on. There are times actually, though, when I can't, like I said, like if I get really depressed and whatever, I can't even get a word out. Like I'm just not even myself. And that does happen, <laughs> tragically enough. And, um, but anyway, yeah, these guys are just, you know, they, they're they not able to fucking say this shit. So we just, you know, put on some, like, fucking sad music and drink and just feel sad for a bit. Just, because uh, that's uh, sometimes the only way some guys can deal with this shit. Because it's just like you're, you push it down, you push it down, you know, the old-fashioned... Oh, I got to be a man. It's not just a man either. Actually, it was one of my best friend's mothers. God rest his soul. God rest her soul. I mean, he's still alive. Um, I, she was one of the first person I, I knew that she couldn't cry. Like, or she, she just, she was so, she couldn't deal with her fucking emotions. She just couldn't let it out. She had it all bottled up inside and couldn't get it out. So it was like, it hurt so fucking bad. Romeo Dallara, uh, what's his name? Dallara? The the guy from uh, Hotel Rwanda and uh, the, he's a Canadian soldier. He's uh, he wrote a couple of books. I, I read one of them. And it was just it was a very very moving book. He was talking about how soldiers, although they are, can be hard and unfeeling on the outside, are even more feeling on the inside because they have to bottle that shit up and have a hard ever sh shell. He's a a lot more articulate in explaining this shit. His fucking. Uh, but you can see this, and it's not just soldiers, but I mean, um, it's just people develop this really hard exterior because they don't want anyone to be able to see any weakness or any emotion. They don't, they just, they're just, one of my friends, uh, one of these guys that just vanished. Um, I actually prefer the vanish. A lot of people need closure. It's like, I'd rather not know for sure that anything bad happened. I'd rather still have the prospect that these guys got out okay and they're living somewhere and they're all right regardless of what happened to these may or may not have happened to these guys you know what if i keep you know thinking about them and pass on the inspiration that they had then uh, they're not gone you know or even this lady i was just talking about who really uh i learned a lot from you know they're not really gone you know I mean, you can make up some, you could like, live in the religious delusion where you think that, you know, people are fucking magically floating around like ghosts or whatever, but there is some validity and uh, whatever. I don't mean to like belittle people like that. I, I sound like a cunt. Um, uh, what I mean is there's some validity to that. There's like, you know, if you keep, like if uh, you keep the inspiration going, if you keep the whatever. Going. Anyway, let me just, I'm, I, I'm fucking... God damn, I was supposed to leave like 20 minutes ago. Let me just try to get this one fucking story out and then I'll fucking, I'll be on that goddamn treadmill running my ass off. It was about people being overdramatic about the storms. It was uh, these New York City guys are assholes. Okay, I told, I said that. And then um, they were saying how the hurricane and the storm that uh, was all blown out of proportion. It wasn't nearly as bad as everyone was saying it was. And uh, it's all bullshit, blah, blah, blah. And yeah, that's often true. <clears throat> but in this case, it wasn't. Um, you know, people blowing it out of proportion, being dramatic. Because, you know, the news is designed to scare you, get a reaction out of you. And then other people, they do the same thing. They're trying to, like, just have something to say that's, like, you know, gets people's attention. And so, yeah, and, and that's what they were saying. And then the guys left. And then the guy after, uh, the guy that was working there was just, like... People were like, what's what's wrong, man? He's like, I, I don't like to tell anyone, like, my troubles or my problems. I don't want to bother anyone with this. But, like, that uh, really got to me, what those guys just said. And everyone was like, you know, those, those guys are dickheads, you know. what's Or, well, no, actually, no one was swearing. Everyone's pretty classy down there in the south. But they were like, you know, what uh, what's wrong? Like, you know, forget about those guys. Um, 
they're they're loud New York City pricks, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I the, anyway, uh, the guy was just like, you know, I I've lost everything, you know, and like he's like, me and my wife are gonna get married. We lost our house. We lost every single possession we ever had. We lost everything, and um, I he might have even lost a pet. But he's like, he's like, I also lost my best friend. My best friend was parked in his car. And he got flooded, fucking drowned to death in his own car. He's like, I, I and and to listen to these assholes or whatever you know, however he phrased it, but to listen to these guys say that the storm wasn't so bad, like it's like pretty much how could it be worse? Like it almost couldn't be worse for this guy, you know. But anyway, I remember I was having a rough day, and I just put it in perspective listening to this guy. I was like, dude, man, like. I'm like, it's going to be all right. I mean, it, it's going to get better because it has to get better. You got nowhere to go but up. And then other people started saying, like, you know, all this religious stuff. You know, you know how I feel about religion. Not very big fan, but I understand, like, they were trying to comfort this guy. And, you know, that's that's sweet, especially a stranger, strangers trying to comfort people. As much it's just as in the contrary to these strangers just being total fucking assholes, either going out of their way to be pricks and upset people or worse not even realizing just not giving a flying fuck about like how you're you know what you say how it can affect people you know it's just like you know but anyway yeah this guy just like at the best of times he works at a fucking restaurant where you know he makes fucking nothing and um you know he's just starting out in his life and he just lost all this shit especially like you know he lost his best friend like that shit's fucking brutal I'm still to this day have such bad problems connecting with fucking anybody because I'm just so afraid to lose everybody. I feel like every th single person is temporary. Every single thing in my life is completely temporary and I'm so afraid to get close to anyone completely because it's just so fucking painful when you have to lose them. But again, and I know I say I sorry to get all heavy guys. I uh speaking of not getting heavy, I really got to get on that fucking treadmill. <sighs> this is like that episode of fucking Seinfeld where they're waiting to go eat at the restaurant and then they never do. That's only 22 minutes. I just, I just rounded up on 30 fucking minutes here, guys. <laughs> I think my average segment is somewhere around 30 minutes because it's a 30 minute drive time and I don't stop. It's like I, it's not like I'm editing while I'm driving. So I like to do three part segments, you know, like um, break it up into three. I feel like that's nice. I don't know why I'm explaining this to you guys. Uh, Alright, I'm done my... I'm almost done my fucking espressos here, so I'm gonna fucking hit it. There's 30 right on the money. A nice dirty 30. I love you guys. I hope... Uh, I hope I wasn't too sad or dark or whatever. I try to be more uh, inspirational and upbeat when I can. Anyway, I love you all. Be well. everybody how's it going welcome back big red that champ here how's everybody doing fuck am i yelling i had my headphones on but fuck my ears keep uh, getting all plugged up and shit i tried all kinds of fucking things to get to fix it but i'm just giving up so i'm just like partially deaf half the time so sometimes i'm speaking too loud or quietly i don't give a shit there's nothing i can do about it but i'll tell you it's kind of an advantage sometimes not being able to hear because you can just block out so much shit like i usually i'm an insomniac and a lot of times i've been sleeping in lately so i'm thinking a lot of times sounds are what is waking me up sounds and lights and um i don't i don't fucking know but anyway i think i, I was sleeping in more because because uh, i can't hear shit which is weird i haven't used a fucking alarm clock people talk about alarm clocks like i can't even remember what that is I had one when I was a kid, but it's like, if my fucking brain lets me sleep past the time I'm supposed to, I just fucking embrace it. And uh, I'm just so fucking grateful for the extra sleep. It's like, well, maybe a couple times a year, so it's really uh, not a big deal. My fucking interior clock is just like, let's go, let's go, let's go, let's go. Today I got up at four. Four is like the, the like, I, I, if it's before that, it's like, fuck, you know. You might as well just stay up all night. It's so fucking horrible for you. Like, I know I'm sabotaging most of my day by getting up at 4 o'clock and going, but... You know what? If it's a choice between that and just lying in bed fucking stressing about shit and trying to sleep or, like, just fucking... I don't know. It's fucked up. 
usually I uh, used to uh, when I was younger it would, it would, that would happen at night like you worry about shit keeps you awake at night you know keeps you fucking uh, from getting to sleep now I can go to sleep no problem but uh, yeah it's just you wake up fuck all, all hours of the night and morning just like oh fuck so basically I, ha I haven't fixed the problem I just kind of rescheduled it just push that fucking panic attack and stressing and fucking all that shit you know it's like I'm talking to an imaginary secretary just push the, all those to the morning <laughs> uh, what a way to start the fucking day I'm telling you though you, you wake up with lots of energy even if you, it's just for panic attacks you know you wake up and say like, alright let's go because your your brain is like thinks you're in some sort of fucking crisis right so uh, I don't know this storm is just getting underway these crazy fucking storms it was pouring rain all night and now it's now it's snowing like a motherfucker but uh it's when all this rain freezes, then you got all the ice, then it's gonna fucking snow heavily on top of it. Blah, 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 blah. Anyway, I, I thoroughly enjoy driving in a storm, like not the, to risk the life or whatever, or risk lives of others, that stresses me out, I don't like that. I just like when you can't see forward or back, because it's a perfect metaphor for how I live, of just, uh, I mean, I try to plan ahead and I try to constantly, I don't like to live in the past, but I constantly reflect on the past uh for better or for worse you know to learn what not to do and then to appreciate all the people in your life that, that had such a great effect now that being said as much as i try to do that or i do that no matter what is i live with constant brain fog for whatever reason my brain's not functioning properly so a lot of times i can't remember shit and i can't fucking think ahead because i'm just stuck in this fog so driving in that in in, in action in reality or at least my perception of it it's i find it comforting as well as the brain fog i try to embrace everything with the put a positive spin it's it's hard uh but I, I try to put a positive spin on everything it's a lot harder to be stressed out or you can't remember shit or you can't fucking um you can't think ahead you're just like living in the moment i mean that actually creates its own fucking level of stress because you're constantly stressed about forgetting shit or, or whatever um but you're also uh, like, fuck, you can't even keep a thought in your head, so how the fuck are you gonna be stressed out? Like a lot of times like, oh God, I'm worried, and then and then I'm like, but why? Like about what? Like it's never anything important usually anyway. I mean, what the fuck is important really? Um, but it's like when, when all that shit fades away, it's kind of nice. That's what, that's what I love about being in the gym. Very rarely do I let the shit come into my head there, but when I'm in there, I'm just like fully fucking going and uh, then I don't have to worry about shit. If I wanna fucking let thoughts go inside my head while I'm running or whatever, that's fine. But I don't, I don't have to fucking uh, worry about anything. All I have to worry about is lifting a weight or running or keep moving, like, you know what I mean? Like, just push, pull, fucking, uh, and it's, I don't know, it's just such a fucking beautiful form. It's almost like meditation. It's like, uh, I don't know, and I find that with physical labor as well, like work whatever it is, I find it, it can be quite fucking enjoyable and restorative. I don't know. A lot of times you're conditioned to think that work is the most important thing and it's not. But on the other hand, a lot of times you're conditioned to think that work is this really shitty thing that you don't want to do, that you're being forced to do. And that is often the case, but a lot of times it's just like, well, I really enjoy what I do. I really enjoy working. I mean, even if I didn't have to, I don't really give a fuck about money, but even if I didn't need to fucking produce income to fucking live I fucking work on something anyway because I just love working on stuff I love that sense of accomplishment I love that feeling I love uh, I love moving and getting like you know the, the sense of satisfaction especially if you build something if you sort something out if you renovate something if you clean something up and fix it and get it all done properly if you install something like an installation like you get the electrical the plumbing the gas pipes everything the venting and all the fucking everything is just so everything's in place and you get it just right especially if it's a fucking nightmare to do it once you finally finish it that feeling is so fucking wonderful and uh, you know you have to go through hell to get that fucking feeling so anyway you got to find out what what you really want to do and then or, or what can really give you that feeling and then uh and it's different for everybody, you know. You got to find out what works for you. 
It's like I always uh, I like to reference this one thing with C.T. Fletcher because he's he's one of my favorite motivational guys. Is um, where he's like he's doing a I don't know some kind of workshop, some kind of fucking thing, and he's just like you got to find what you're passionate about. And some guy asks him like I don't I don't know how do I find out like what am I passionate about? He's like motherfucker, you I'm not gonna get his voice right, but you want me to tell you what you're passionate about? Like what do you love? Like what? And uh, as much as it's funny when he says it. I was in that same position where I'm like, yeah, but what about me? What do I like? Because I, I didn't know. When I first heard that or saw that, I thought it was funny, but then I'm like, no, I'm that guy. I'm like, I don't know what I'm passionate about. I don't know. But he's just like, yeah, you got to, I can't remember how it went next, but he's just like, you got to deep, dig deep down, find out what you love, you know, and, and then do it. And it's, uh, it's very fucking good advice. It's very fucking important to always be working on stuff, to always be working on getting better, to do better, like... You know, it's one thing just, just trying to take care of yourself or your family. And that's important. And that's wonderful. But, like, you also need to be constantly improving yourself. And if you're like me and you have, like, that deep-seated self-loathing, then, yeah, you don't want to spend as much time or effort on improving yourself or making yourself happy because you have this deep-seated self-loathing or you don't value yourself enough. Now, if that is the case, you got to look at it differently. you got to think, well, how the fuck are you going to fucking help anyone if you're a fucking mess? And we all do this. We do this constantly. But I guarantee 100 fucking percent, I speak not on, with authority on many things, but this I've had to learn the hard way many, many times and constantly. Not, I'm not even done learning this lesson. Is that you cannot help people. You can't, to the best of your, op, you cannot optima, optimally help people. Um, you can't give people your best if you're not at your best. And you really have to kind of take time to be selfish every once in a while do shit to make yourself feel better and and be better and you have to fucking do it you know it's like you have to take time and effort to, to improve yourself even if you don't think you're worth it or you fucking have that deep-seated self-fucking-loathing whatever and you know what that shit is horse shit it's good to constantly want to be better than you are to improve yourself but the fucking, like, deep-seated, like, not, not thinking you're good enough or thinking you're a piece of shit, that is fucking bullshit. That's been placed there by some exterior factor, and I guarantee it's not trustworthy. So, uh, you know, you gotta, I, I feel like I'm saying both things. Like, one is that that might be your driving force to get better, and so it's actually a positive. If you think about it, all the negative voices inside your head and the negative voices outside, exterior fucking people or whatever. Often that is your greatest fucking driving factor. But if it really becomes destructive, because it can be very fucking destructive, you got to find a, a happy fucking middle ground there. Um, you know, like a lot of people have body image issues, and I, I just think it's fucking absurd. But at the same time, I, I think it's absurd because that, in the way I think I'm completely fucking exempt. I'm not. We all, and especially like when you're younger, you have the, and like some people will carry this shit through their whole life, just be like so fucking insecure about their physical appearance and it's absolutely ridiculous i like um well that i was i don't know that i was so moved by that episode of the sopranos where uh his wife is uh johnny sack's wife is like fucking really overweight and it's just like i don't know it's just very moving and he's just like so upset that uh you know people are making fun of her and shit but it's just such a common thing you know we all do this and uh, actually, I also like think it's really funny that Paulie's like the biggest fucking like, oh my god, I'm so outraged by this. But then you go back and when you rewatch it, you, you see when they're talking shit about her. He's like, uh, Furio. He's like, uh, I like something to grab onto. And then uh, Paulie's like, if you grab her. Oh wait, what does he say? If you, if you try to grab onto Jenny Sack, you'll fucking lose both hands. I can't do his voice. Fuck. He's one of my favorite characters. Actually, Tony Sirico, Polly Walnuts, actually used to be... I think he was in the Banano family or something. He was a legit mobster. Uh, allegedly. I don't know. It was sad to see... Actually, it was partially sad to see him in a reunion special thing I, I saw uh, a while ago. Um, in Sopranos cast is to see if he's had a stroke. He's all fucked up. But how just loving and supporting the, the group of people seem. Like, every time he talks, they, like, hang on every word. And they're just, like, really... I don't know. I, I find that very moving. Uh, in any in any situation where people just are very caring and loving, um, it's very 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 moving. I don't know. That was one of my favorite shows of all time. I thought it was just so fucking well done. Um, the Sopranos. I like uh, what David uh, David uh, Chase was saying. 
in an interview about the show, he was like, the, the joke of the show is the world has gotten so fucked that, like, even the most selfish fucking asshole, like, mobster, mobsters are, like, the most selfish fucking me-first person in the world, the world is so corrupt and evil and bad that even this guy can't function, and he's, like, fucking falling apart. But I think that's also a good uh, character, too, that's severely flawed. Because, like, like I was talking shit about Sons of Anarchy. It's like, this guy's, like, always cool. He's always, like, always says and does the right thing. Almost Like, he's always a tough guy. He's always... It's just, like, I don't want to see a fucking guy like that. I mean, to a point, sure. You don't want to see your guy losing all the time. But, like, I want to see somebody who's flawed. Like, a real person like us, you know? But the other thing I always say that is intoxicating about the whole organized crime thing. And why we love it so much. Is that... We all must abide by certain rules, whether they be rules of society, rules of religious law, laws of the land, state laws, um, or just, you know, whatever it may be. Um, it's fucking just so intoxicating to imagine being above that, to not have to worry about that, to just get let your anger just fucking guide you, you know, just or your emotions, your feelings, just do whatever the fuck you want, you know, like fucking just... You know, you get mad, you just beat the shit out of someone, you just break shit, like, you know, you, you can live that, I mean, you can, but it's very short-lived in my experience, it doesn't work out so well, <laughs> um, but anyway, just to have, like, endless fucking money and sources of income, and just, uh, I don't know, just live however the fuck you want, just to have whatever you want, whenever you want, um, but I like that it also shows the other side, like, if you actually hear, listen to stories of the guys that have been involved in this shit, or if you've ever met this shit doesn't really exist, this is all speaking of legend, but if you've ever met anyone involved in, um, in organized crime, it, it, there's other sides of it that are just absolutely fucking horrible, that are not glorified, that are not glorified, there's no fucking glory in it, you know, it's not fucking, it's, I don't know, like, uh, whatever, I get all tongue-tied talking about this fucking shit, but anyway, it's, uh, it's good to just see, like, no matter who you are, you're gonna, you're gonna fall apart if you're not taking care of yourself. And there you go. And in the end, it was the guy's heart that fucking got him. James Gandolfini, anyway. Um, that's one thing you gotta. I don't know. Fuck it. I'm just gonna segue into this because uh, I, uh, I have to remind myself of this constantly because I overeat. I eat when I'm stressed and I fucking overindulge. And that, that's one of my vices I still have. And. Uh, Mostly, like, I love lifting weights because I thoroughly fucking enjoy it, but that's almost like a guilty pleasure. Like, I love lifting weights, but I don't... And, um... I always think of what this fucking, uh, guidance counselor, teacher fucking guy taught me was, uh... He gave me this art class because I really love art. I always loved art. Uh, to get me to go to school. And I'm like, I don't need this art credit as much as I need this other shit. He's like, no, man, you put the art classes first, period. He's like, that incentivizes, that gets you in the door. Then it won't be so bad going to your other class because you already be here. You're not going to want to get out of bed and go to some stupid shit class that you don't want to go to. So anyway, he, he taught me to incentivize myself, and I've carried that through my entire life. Anything you don't want to do, you incentivize. You put something at the end of it that's enjoyable, and then all of a sudden it's your favorite thing to do. So anyway, I love lifting weights, and I need, but what I need to do is fucking run. I need the cardiovascular. I need to fucking lose weight and keep my heart and lungs going. I put my body through absolute hell. It's nothing short of a miracle that I even get to still be alive, let alone fucking healthy, in the slightest. Uh, I don't know if you can call what I am fucking healthy, but alive is, 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 is enough for me, and uh, I, I hope to maintain that longer than, uh, you know. Anyway, fucking... So, because I need to get in there and do that fucking cardio, I incentivize it with fucking weightlifting. So I, th I think I've already explained this before, but you know what, we're 75 fucking episodes in. I'm fucking going to repeat myself a lot, alright guys? If you haven't figured that out all along, I don't know if anybody's listening. Actually, I know one guy's listening to every episode, and there's a couple more catching up on him. And it's, uh, anyway, I can't say this enough, guys. It really, really means a lot to me. Honestly, even if no one was listening, I'd just keep doing this shit, because it's therapeutic. It really helps. And uh, I don't know, if you're getting anything from this... I find it's mostly just incoherent rambling. I try to put some pearls of fucking wisdom. Uh, but like I said, most of this shit, I'm, I'm, I'm just a vessel. You know, I've just been lucky enough, you know, like a capybara just gets along with uh, all these other animals. I've just been lucky enough to get along with a lot of people enough that they open up to me and they tell me this stuff and then I'm passing it along. So, I mean, I, I can't take credit for all this shit. Mostly I'm just a vessel. 
all this, uh, and, 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 sorry, most of the incoherent rambling, I'll take credit for that. That's just a lifetime of fucking whatever has caused my brain to fucking function that way. Uh, but the pearls of wisdom and shit like that, it's just, uh, you know, I, I've just been collecting them. It's like, you know, I create that shit. Actually, what, what analogy I, I, uh, I thought was amusing anyway is like, uh, we, we talk about bodybuilding, you know, we're building muscle every day, you're working, working on this shit, and uh, I think it's more of like a body renovation or improvement. I think what my wife's doing right now is building, like, you know, she's pregnant, that's bodybuilding. She's building a body from scratch, an entire human being she's created. I know, with a little help from me, and uh, that, that'll be the next episode, I'll explain how that works. Um, <laughs> the, uh, but anyway, yeah, to create a body, like, I, I'm comparing it because I know how much effort and, and stress can get involved in uh, watching your diet and being healthy when you're trying to build muscle, when you're trying to build up your body. But imagine trying to build a body inside yourself. I know some of you uh, have done this. I know a couple of my listeners are moms, and I just I just want my hat is off to you. If you ever need anyone to uh, tell you how much they appreciate that shit, it's, uh, it's absolutely phenomenal. I mean, every single human being was created in this way. As far as I know, unless there's something I'm not aware of, maybe some sort of test tube. Oh my God, I remember one time I was trying to talk to this, uh, this is a long, long time ago, a few lifetimes ago anyway. Um, I never never venture into these places. Uh, I don't I don't care for them, I'm talking about strip clubs. I honestly don't care. I, I don't believe in feeding a dog that can still hunt. I, I understand like if you're an old gross dude that can't get girls and you gotta pay for it. No judgment, no judgment. It's the oldest profession and there's a reason for that. Um, and that's fine. But anyway, we were just, we were working out of town and we were just, we went to this place, this fucking shithole in some shithole town. There were dollar drafts, dollar fucking beers. Beers for a buck? Come on. What are you going to do? So we're fucking just smashing these things down. And, um, I tried to strike a conversation with one of these strippers that was sitting at a table. I'm like, oh, how's it going? And, uh, you know, just, you know like the usual spiel. And it's just like, I made it very apparent. I always do. Uh, it's just like when I go into like a, a furniture store, they're very aggressive. Not my store, our store were really cool and relaxed. But a lot of these like big chain fucking stores, they descend on you like a pack of fucking wolves. And they try so hard to pressure you and it's like, that's the worst. I can't stand being hustled, like get the fuck away from me. If I was gonna buy anything, I'm not going to now. If you're gonna fucking like pressure me and whatever. So it's the same thing in strip clubs. This is why I don't go. Um, well, another reason anyway, um, is I hate being hustled, so I make it very apparent, like, I, I'd be like, I got no fucking money, like, you, you, no love, nothing you're gonna do is gonna change that, so, it's like, it's like my brother said a long time ago, the two things with debt collection, his approach was much, much more different than mine, um, I don't wanna go too much into detail, but the, the, the basics are the same, the two most important things about debt collection, regardless of the means you use to, um, to convince the person the two main factors are um, one to con make sure the person understands that they owe the fucking debt a lot of people don't understand or they twist up reality so they don't think they owe the debt anymore um, so you got to make sure they understand that so whatever means you do to make sure they understand that that debt is fucking owed and must be paid um, that's that's the one main factor. The second factor is the money there or not. It doesn't matter. You could rip a guy's fucking fingernails and toenails off. You could chop his fingers off. You could murder his fucking whole family. If he doesn't have the fucking money, he doesn't have the fucking money. So, anyway, that being said, I use that um, for debt collection or any, but it applies to so many other things. So I use that in reverse. And like anytime anyone tries to hustle me, um, I just let them know straight up I got nothing I got nothing you're not gonna get a fucking thing out of me so I mean it's really a lost cause I make sure they understand that right away and uh, yeah it works on hookers strippers and furniture fucking salespeople so go ahead guys use that that fuck those pearls of wisdom <laughs> but anyway I, I the whole point of this was is just how, how uh, babies are made that's uh, I was like it was quite comical because I was just like, oh, well, you know, uh, where are you from? And it's just uh, some town. I'm like, oh, okay. Why'd you come here? She's like, oh, I work here. I'm like, oh, like, that's, that's, that's okay. And then I'm like, uh, you know, are you excited about Christmas? It was Christmas time. <laughs> she's like, no. 
I'm like, oh, why not? Like, you get to see the family. She's like, I don't have any family. I'm like, how can you not have any family? What were you born? And there was a, a shooter girl came by with a tray of those fucking shooters that are in tubes. I'm like, what were you born in one of these fucking things? You gotta have a family. And I started like, I picked up. It was perfect. I never would pay fucking ten dollars for a little uh, tube of fucking a, a science beaker of fucking some shitty fucking shot. But it was perfect. I needed a prop for this fucking uh, <laughs> for this thing I was saying. I was like, "What were you born in one of these fucking things? Are you a test tube baby?" That's what I was trying to say. Okay, it was fucking hilarious. And uh, but anyway, it, it went on and on. The the, com the comedy of this conversation, I'm not conveying properly. Of just being like, oh, like just no, nothing to say, nothing going on, nothing like to be excited or happy about. It was it was absolutely heartbreaking. It's like ah, oh, that that breaks my heart. You know what I mean? Like, they have Christmas buffets and Thanksgiving buffets at these strip clubs. And I always wonder, I'm like, who? It's not just the guy, the sad guys going there, but the girls working there. Just like, they often don't have families. And it's like, ah, that just breaks my fucking heart. I mean, you want to fucking get naked and dance and do whatever the fuck you've got to do. I mean, uh, I have no judgment whatsoever that people do that shit. That's fucking all the power to you. I think that's wonderful. But, um,. It just breaks my heart when people don't have families, you know. And that's something I don't take for granted, you know. And growing up, I realized pretty young um, that not everyone gets a family that loves and supports them unconditionally. Or even just a few fucking people that you can count on. You know, I don't trust anyone and I never fucking will. I think everybody is temporary and I think everybody is, uh, because they're human, they're very flawed and fucking... Um, I'll never trust a single person. I don't even trust myself for that for the same reason. But, uh... Anyway, it's uh, not someone, not, not something I'll ever take for granted, you know, the people that were there for you in your life and that, you know, and a lot of people don't realize just how many people are there for them and uh, don't take time to appreciate them. And a lot of people don't realize how much they're appreciated. So, uh, anyway, if you guys uh, take anything from this fucking rambling is just take a minute to really appreciate the people that uh, helped you get to where you are, unless you're like in jail or you're fucking... Uh, lying drunk in the gutter or you're working at a strip club and you're doing unspeakable fucking things to make bills. You know what? Yeah, remember the people that got you there. <laughs> it does work both ways. Um, anyway, I, I digress. I'm uh, trying to park in this parking lot. It's really fucking stressful because uh, this storm and this guy's trying to plow and I'm in his way. And, uh, or he's in my way. It's all a matter of perspective, right? Anyway, yeah, and also take a minute to appreciate the guys that do snow removal and plow and go out in this shit before everyone else wakes up and fucking clear the roads, you know. Uh, garbage removal guys, I always, I never, I, I always appreciate those guys, man. Like, you know how much I love throwing away garbage and how much I respect the waste management business. But uh, I just, I appreciate all, all the work everybody does and I try to, I, I, I encourage you guys to do the same, if not for the people you're appreciating, but just for yourself, you know, to just make sure you uh, keep your gratitude in check, especially this time of year. Uh, I appreciate my family. I try to all the time. I, I'm going to miss them so fucking much. This is going to be my first Christmas without, without them. And, uh, well, I mean, whatever. Year by year, you got to give up people. Um, so, it's, it's when people are still alive and you don't get to see them, it breaks your fucking heart. Is they're away, or they're uh, locked away, or they disappeared, or they've, you know, gone away. Oh, God, I was, uh, I don't know. Anyway, guys, I love you all. I'm sorry to end on this sad fucking maudlin fucking <laughs> shit. Tis the season. But, oh, yeah, so anyway, I was just saying, yeah, make sure you appreciate everybody, and, also, it's like you appreciate them a lot when you're not with them. But the other thing I've noticed is being all without someone, you don't you don't realize how much you miss them until you see them again. And then, like I was saying to one of my best friends, and like those guys, when I got to see them, I was like, I can't think of uh, any other way to put it. This is going to sound so fucking cheesy, but it was just like there was this spot in my heart that was empty. And I didn't even know it was empty, and it just filled right back up, and I just feel whole again. I feel complete. You don't realize how much people really complete you. And how much not seeing them leaves you incomplete, you know? Ah, fuck. I could go on and on and on, but I really got shit to do. Anyway, guys, I love you. Be well, and weather the storm.
both metaphoric and uh, the actual one that seems to be occurring now. <laughs> Hug your babies tight. That's a Brittany Murphy quote from King of the Hill. <laughs> oh, fuck. Oh, jeez. Anyway. Be well. Merry Christmas, everybody. Merry Christmas, motherfuckers. Thank you.